0: Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show here on a Wednesday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Full show tonight, 90 minutes going up until 7 o'clock. And joining us now is our guy Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, one half of Freddie and Fitzsimmons. His show will be on tonight, live right here on WDEV, beginning at 9. Freddie, how are you?
1: I'm good, my friend. I'm surprised you've been able to survive Red Sox Nation celebrating a chance to go to ALCS after beating the Yankees and then dispatching and taking care of the Tampa Bay Rays in their own division so far in this playoff run.
0: Well, we are certainly excited about that. Sox-Astros in the ALCS, the rematch of 2018. What's your gut tell you here early on in the week?
1: I've always been a big believer of Brady that when somebody is playing well and they have that kind of momentum, it's going to be hard to stop them. That being said, both of these teams have that momentum because the Astros, they want to show everybody that, yeah, what happened happened back in the past, but we didn't need to do that. We're going to show everybody that we are the baseball team that we've been telling you about. Meanwhile, the Boston Red Sox, in my opinion, Brady, they're playing with house money because nobody thought we would even see this team, not just in the playoffs before the season got started, but now advancing this far with that kind of momentum, getting into the American League Championship Series. So. The, to me, the Astros are the better baseball team, but we've seen plenty of times in, in a playoff series that the better baseball team doesn't always win. I still got the Astros winning in six. I think they got too much motivation and too much firepower for the Red Sox to deal with when it's all said and done.
0: You know, I was just ranting and raving about this, but Nathan Avaldi, Red Sox ace, was on WEEI this morning, and he said, I think we were all a little disappointed at what we did at the trade deadline. And then he went on to give proper platitudes to the, guy that they, to the guys they did acquire, but. Everyone's only running with the first half of that quote where he says, I think we were all a little disappointed. And here I am. I'm saying, why are you creating this unnecessary distraction, essentially throwing your front office under the bus? Is that a harmless comment and I'm just being New England media guy who's overreacting? Or has he created an unnecessary distraction?
1: Uh, no, I'm with you on that one because why would you pick this time in that and this place to even mention that when it comes to the front office? Because... The front office did the best they could with what they had to try to improve this baseball team, the trading deadline. And here you are, four games away from playing in the World Series. This is not the time to bring anything like that to everybody's public consumption. So I don't think you're overreacting at all, Brady, because I saw the same thing, and I thought it was very curious, the timing that he decided to bring that up. I don't know what the end game was from that standpoint, but I know if I'm somebody in the front office, you can't really go to him and say, dude, what was going on with that? Because that adds to the distraction. But I'm looking at him side at going, okay, now you pick this time. If you decide to say something like that right after the trading deadline, I understand it. But now you're about to play a dogfight kind of series against the Houston Astros. Why would you even bring that to the table when nobody was rattling your cage about that when it was all said and done?
0: It also bothers me because... Like you're already in the ALCS. The Yankees made moves, they're out. The White Sox made moves, they're out. The Rays made moves, they're out. It doesn't matter anymore. It just feels irrelevant to me at this point how you felt three months ago.
1: See, That's completely the word irrelevant because right now the relevancy is that you're playing the Houston Astros who have more motivation than you to be honest with you going into this series because they want to show people that they are that baseball team before all you know what broke loose and people got fired and heads were rolling and the commissioner made excuses for the players who turned state's evidence based on their knowledge of what was going on between 2017 through 2018 and 2019. So why would you even add more fuel to the fire the Houston Astros and now your team has to maybe answer this for maybe a game or two or even before the game one gets started where all of a sudden people are thinking about what you said about the front office and people in that organization looking at you going now you picked the time to bring this to the table Sometimes it's best that if it sounds stupid in your head, it's going to sound even dumber outside of your mouth. You might as well keep it in your head.
0: Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio host. Freddie and Fitzsimmons tonight, 9 p.m. right here on your home for Freddie and Fitzsimmons, WDEV, AM and FM. Uh, Freddie, moving over to the Patriots, they get a well, they get a win. It certainly wasn't a pretty win. They beat the Texans. They're now two and three. They're going to take on the Dallas Cowboys coming up on Sunday. And we've heard a lot about how good the Cowboys are this year and how good Dak is. And how about that defense? What's your assessment of Dallas right now coming into Week Six?
1: Well, I don't think the word good applies to the Dallas Cowboys offense. That's a great offense right now, and Dak Prescott's playing at a great elite level. But the most important thing about the ability by Dak Prescott so far far this year, Brady, is that when you're able to run the football and you can be a two-fisted attack, you are very hard to deal with and the Cowboys are two running backs in their backfield when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Powell that when they're on the field at the same time it levels off the defense when they're not on the field at the same time the offensive line is moving people out of the way so this is not a good Cowboys offense this is a great offense right now in the first five weeks of the season and it's very hard to make them play left-handed because they've shown the ability that they can use both hands than ambidextrous offense, to be yeah. completely honest with you. And even Dak Prescott said about a week and a half ago, if you try to take our running game, we'll throw the ball over your head. You think you can stop our throwing game, will run the ball at you. So however you want it, you got to be able to win the line of scrimmage. And if you don't win that line of scrimmage, it's going to be a long afternoon. That's why the Dallas defense can play this way, because they know that even if they give 21 points, the offense is going to score 24, 27, 28 points. So when you can go out there and you can make plays and you can get out to the quarterback and force them to make mistakes, none of the offense will turn that into six points. It must be a very, very freeing way of playing. We saw that in Kansas City Chiefs the last couple of years before this year where the defense said, we give a 21, don't worry about it. The offense is going to score 35. That's the Cowboys right now. Their defense is playing that way. Forcing those turnovers, making those turnovers happen, because they know when they do that, their offense is going to turn into touchdowns and not just field goals.
0: Mike Parsons on defense digs. What is a pick in every game this season? He's had multiple picks in a couple of games. The defense has some certainly some playmakers. Patriots fans need to be wary of.
1: Yeah, but here's the one thing I worry about the Cowboys defense you can run the ball on them and that is something that if i'm the new england patriots because that's their mo this year they want to be able to pound the rock a little bit run play action mac jones and try to exploit the defense you come to try to stop the running game that's the one achilles heel the dallas cowboys they can get after the quarterback and they can blast the wide receivers especially when they make you have second and third in long situations a lot they've been able to do that to a lot of teams so far in the first five games of the season they did that to tampa bay where they have four turnovers even though they lost that game at the end by a field goal by the tampa bay buccaneers but they can be run on so if you're able to establish a running game early now they have to try to get creative to take that running game away and that could set a one-on-ones down the field where now you got more of an open lane to throw to wide receivers and not have that tight cover that we've seen so far from dallas this year Good having it all being off to a four-on-one start
0: Freddie, I'm a Patriots fan by work, but I'm a diehard Seahawks fan by life. I love Cam Newton. I wish he was here in Foxborough. Should the Seahawks call Cam here, or should they roll with Geno Smith?
1: I think they roll with Geno Smith because if you bring in Cam Newton, by the time you get him up to speed, if he he can even get up to speed in your offense, Russell Wilson is going to be back because this is a four- to eight-week injury. And I think it's going to be more in the middle of six weeks. So even if you bring him in, by the time he learns the intricacies of the offense, Russell Wilson is back. Geno Smith, no matter what we've seen and what we thought about him in the past, Brady, he played pretty darn well when he yeah. got in the lineup for that Thursday night game, even though Seattle did not win that football game against the Los Angeles Rams. So you got to roll with him because he knows the offense and the players know him. And maybe he's found that maturity by having a little humble pie, a lot of humble pie, which he didn't taste a little bit of when he got to the New York Jets and had so many things blow up in his face. And then he moved down to the New York Giants as well. He was able to go in there and have command of the offense and making some plays and making some throws. I don't think this is the time to bring in Cam Newton and kind of upset everything when you got a guy that's been in your offensive system for the last four years.
0: Freddie NBA starting soon. Kyrie Irving. I just I just put my hands up at this point. I mean, what are the Nets? Me too. I just I don't even know what to ask anymore about Kyrie.
1: Brady, there really isn't anything to ask about Kyrie, but I will say this. I don't think anybody probably saw this coming because no one could have said that when he signed the Brooklyn Nets that we have to deal with a worldwide pandemic. So, no one, I guess, should be surprised or whatever how you feel about Kyrie Irving. That's just who he is, and I think he likes being contrarian for contrarian's sake. And I don't mind that you go against the grain, but some things you do when you say to yourself, okay, you're just doing that just to be a pain in the you know what. And the Brooklyn Nets let it be known, like, look, Here's the deal. We got guys that are all in what we're trying to do. They put it out there perfectly. This is your personal choice, but we're not going to have that affect the basketball team. So now what is Kyrie Irving going to do? Are you going to continue to be contrarian? And what kind of message are you sending to Kevin Durant? You said, man, you join up with me. We're going to be all in together. This is the opposite of all in together when it comes to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. But Brady, I'm with you. At a certain point, I'm done throwing my hands at Kyrie Irving because it seems that anything that he says or does, I say to myself, yep, that is something that he would say, and that is something that he would do.
0: Freddie, to get you out of here on this, the John Gruden thing, I'll say this. I don't think Gruden should have a job. Like I'm for Gruden being yeah. out, but I'm confused by the hypocrisy of both the Bucks and the NFL. The Bucks want to remove Gruden from the, from the Ring of Honor, but Warren Sapp gets to stay, and Antonio Brown gets to be a valued member of the team community. And the NFL is thrilled that Gruden's gone, but yet they just brought in Eminem and Dr. Dre and others to sing at the halftime show, and I could go find certainly very, very many offensive lyrics from those artists. There's a lot of hypocrisy going on here. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, but how many times we said about hypocrisy in the National Football League? I mean, look at all these owners out there that completely vilified a guy like Colin Kaepernick after Colin Kaepernick got advice from a former NFL player and someone who served in the United States Armed Forces and said, don't sit, kneel for the national anthem. That's more, that is more disrespectful to sit than to kneel. So we can use the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy with all we want, Brady, because that's gone to the National Football League. But that is not allowed to get in the way of that bottom line, which is having that power and making that kind of money. So we can swing that word any way we want. But I'm not going to say you can miss me with that, because when it comes to the National Football League, the thing that's not hypocritical about them is making money, and that's something that they've done. And they're going to do everything they can to protect their money, protect their brand. So we can use one tap as this example. We can use Antonio Brown as that example. But there are plenty of other hypocritical situations that have happened that plenty of people have said, that, that person is a terrible person. I think, oh wait a minute, you're saying that that person a terrible person, but that, that's okay? You're okay with that? So that word hypocrisy can be thrown around in so many different ways in the National Football League. But when you're too big to fail and you're the biggest, baddest boy going right now to the National Football League and they clearly are in the United States, these things shall pass. This is not something that's going to last for a week or another week or so. Once it gets to NFL Thursday and NFL Sunday, John Gruden is going to be in the rearview mirror, and so with that word hypocrisy when it comes to the National Football League.
0: Par for the course for the league. You're right about that, Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio. Freddie, we we'll listen to you tonight in a couple hours, 9 p.m. right here on DEV. Look forward to doing so, and we will talk to you again next week.
1: Was oh, a pleasure, my friend. You take care and be well for the next seven days, Grady.